this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate.
everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Microplanet with Pain Sucker. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Ooh, I like that music. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, it sounds I like, like um, to me, it sounds like, I don't know, it reminds me of when I used to live in Boston in the 90s. Yeah, um, it sounds like 90s pre-grunge and to um, me... Like to, Smashing Pumpkins demos and... To, to me, it sounds like Brian Wilson joined Nirvana for a couple of bedroom sessions. How cool. I love it, actually. Talk about Nirvana. <laughs> I was, I was, I've been reading that, that book. It's been out a while. That Dave Grohl bio. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what an interesting life this guy had. You know, he's yeah. just some young kid and then joins his his punk, famous punk band, The Scream or Scream, when he was 17. Yeah. And then, like, he he meets Iggy Pop at some gig and then, like, asked, Iggy Pop, he asked him to play drums for him. And, and because he, his drummer didn't show up. And then you know, the Nirvana guy, like, they liked Scream, so they their drummer quit. So they asked him and then they went on. He's almost like the Ringo of Nirvana. Yeah. It, it, like, right before. He joined Nirvana. They weren't really happening, and then he joins, and they they broke like Ringo did with the Beatles. That's weird. If and then you that, believe, if you believe that people go around many times, he must have had some really horrific past lives because well, this one's, this one's been good. pretty good. Yeah, right. Now, and then he, then he quits that, that. That ends in, in tragedy, <laughs> and then he just picks himself up and does the Foo Fighters, and Oof. and uh, I, it's just a, it's a cool book. But a lot of that I, moolah. But yeah, I, I really like that. Now I'm I'm assuming that this might be a singular person creating this under a band. No, I think it's no, a, it's a band. It's a it's twenty-five a band? piece orchestra. No, 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 no. no, no. It's so an all rock band. No, I think okay. I, th- I don't know. Well, I think it, we'll we'll see later. I think it's a guy and he has a couple of friends, but I think it's mainly a guy. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But. Uh, I uh, I really really like it. I dug it. I was into it. Well, you hear that? Microplanet, yeah. Greg really digs yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Nathan Wilson badge. is the primary contact. So. There's your badge. Anyway. Hey, I have something cool to uh, start off with or to oh, tell no. you guys about. So last night, yeah, I know we didn't discuss this earlier, so you always get nervous. But, Usually uh, whatever Greg says, I just <laughs> cut out. <but> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, last night, about 9 o'clock my time, uh, I get this text come you were through. Abdu- you were abducted. <laughs> and, right, yeah. And so uh, the text, I'll read this, some of the text to you. Lauren and I, that's his wife, Lauren and I are cooking dinner and listening to the latest episode of 9420 and loving it. The three of you have such great chemistry and then he goes on to say, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm truly digging what your what you and your colleagues are doing. It's a perfect size dose of new music industry insight and bullshit. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> gets us. <laughs> all fed through funny and engaging personalities. Each of you has we, a very we, unique fun voice. We might I be bullshit heavy. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I, I'm telling you, uh, I was so thrilled to get this because this comes from a person. Uh, I've known him many, many years. He's a super accomplished uh, entertainment lawyer in New York. And um, so I was actually, frankly, shocked that he listens to the podcast. But And his wife is accomplished, too. She's uh, She was a member uh, of uh, New York Voices. Are you familiar with them? They were kind of a Grammy-nominated uh, act that uh, did uh, vocal arrangements, unique vocal arrangements and jazz recordings, and she's super talented, too. So the idea that they're listening to the podcast, that 
That makes me happy. I thought y'all would be impressed by that. What are the three things? Again, it's the mixture of what? Are the featured artists, the music, <laughs> the, 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 in, the, the music industry insight and bullshit. The insight is Greg, and I think I'm the bullshit. <laughs> and I'm just the one who lines up the artists. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes, thank you. you it's, it's Robin Lauren. Yeah. Nice. We'll keep, we'll thank keep you, it Robin going. Lauren. We'll yeah. keep it going. Someone talk finally about, gets us. It only took about, 166 about, episodes. About bullshit. <laughs> um, I don't know, I'm going to probably get this all wrong. Maybe I don't have the story correctly, but it seems to me that Don Henley of the Eagles, you know, when he wrote Hotel California, a bunch of pages or something, the lyrics and stuff, gave it to his manager or his manager friend or somebody just gave the stuff away back 30 years ago, right? But then his friend, years later, I guess needed some money, so he sold it to some yeah. fan or whatever, right? Yeah. Now the fan has taken it, is auctioning it off for the highest bidder, and then Don Henley now is suing that guy because he doesn't know right to do that. And my, huh. my, my, my feeling is this. Even if he had the right to do it, which I don't think he did, once you give something away, it's gone. But, huh. Don, you're almost 80 years old. You're worth $200 million. Who cares? Oh, he's man. in court. He's he been does, in court man. for two he days. He cares. He's, Who cares? He's, well, he's, it says here that Don Henley attempts to reclaim stolen Eagles lyrics to Hotel California was thwarted by defendants, prosecution says. That was on the 22nd. Mm. So, but, but I heard that he gave it away. And, uh, and the guy's claiming that Glenn Fry gave it to him and Glenn Fry's dead. So who are you gonna, how are you going to figure it out? He I has a who, reputation in the industry. He has a reputation for being one of the most... He's difficult a and grasping kind of uh, business people out there, and he made you know, some great songs. He'll probably great- sue me for saying that, but I think that's I <laughs> oh, think that's Don, the reputation, Don, you know. Don, you're like Chill, almost Don. eighty. Chill out. Take your money. Have a great rest you're of your whatever icon, you're doing, baby. Chill. Uh, even probably McCartney would let it go. Mm. I don't know what the intellectual property associated with written lyrics is. I don't know if it's an artifact. Or if it's actually that's the original version of him or of him writing that lyric. I don't get or, that mentality. I don't, know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't get the like the mentality of people who like, you know, there's a misprint on an Abbey Road pressing, so it's worth eighty eight thousand dollars as yeah. opposed to it doesn't have the this one album doesn't have Her Majesty on it, the first pressing, so that's worth who are these idiots that waste? There's people. I, I was funny. I'm 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 listening, reading this book again. You know, with uh, Dave Grohl talks about Nirvana, Kurt Cobain's first guitar, this like cheap Fender Mustang piece of crap worth 180 dollars, yeah. right? Auctioned for six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like there are people starving. Who the hell has six million dollars to waste on a piece of crap because some rock star moron, you know, held it. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years ago it's stupid yeah, that's that whole artifact mentality I don't get right? it yeah, don't it's know. just a piece of wood they bit a they built a restaurant and a bar on that with the uh, Honus Wagner's baseball card is worth three million dollars it's yeah, a baseball yeah. card come on what's wrong with the world we're so backwards I'm sorry so you don't believe so you don't believe that inanimate objects carry a certain vibe no. power with them okay. no yeah it's okay. I was never my axe. It's a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I think I told this story already where it was David Letterman years ago. Valerie Bertinelli was on David Letterman, right? When she was married to Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Right. So so David goes, so how's Eddie doing? And she goes, um, oh, he's doing good. He's backstage. She goes, oh, really? Would he come out? 
He goes, I don't care. So she goes, Eddie, you want to come out? So he comes out. And he sits down. He goes, you want to play a song with the band? And he goes, all right. So he goes up to the, to the band, and the guy hands him his strat. A strat and a marshal. No boxes. You could see it was just no boxes. It was like a cord that went right into the amp. He had nothing going on. <laughs> and you're thinking, how is he going to get his sound, right? Right. So the guy goes... I see Eddie go up to the marshal, starts fooling around with, the, with, with the, whatever he's doing. He goes, look, hit start, Panama. He starts playing the beginning of Panama. <laughs> it sounds like Panama. <laughs> so what I realized, it's in his fingers. Right. How he plays is in his hands. It's right. not in the box. It's not. So, like, it, it, there's nothing in. These are I've, just I've heard tools. the same thing about. I've heard the same thing about um, uh, Hendrix, you know, where people were always trying to hack what he was doing with the backside of the Stratocaster and everything. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like, no, it's did. just, it's his plane, you know? It's just how he is, right? He's just yeah. didn't it. So like, it's, it's in you, man. So look, yeah. I don't know. I was never, in, I, I was never a collector mentality. I don't get it. How yeah. stupid things that were worth $7. Though, I wish, <laughs> I'll tell you one last story. Um, this is going to be babbling today. So years ago, I, I was in high school, right? And my friend's big brother, Lennon, did this thing called Bag One. I think I told you the story already. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did Bag One. He did these 16 lithographs and put them in a leather bag. He made 300 of them and sold them for $1,000 back in 1970, right? To raise money for something, right? Wow. So my friend's brother, who at the time was like 18, bought one. But a year later, he needed money to go to college. He was going to sell for $600. I said, Mom, I didn't have any money. I was like, you know, in a freshman in high school. She goes, Mom, can I, have six, you can I borrow $600? She goes, for what? I go, I want to borrow this John Lennon. She goes, get out of here. I'm, not, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that like, went over well. These, well like these yeah. pornographic lithographs he was writing you know, with Yoko and stuff. So anyway, I'm not lending you $600 for that. So I go, forget it. So anyway, so that's like in like 71, 72. Jump, nine, 10 years later, 82. I'm walking in the village, right? I walk past the lithograph shop. I walk inside, I see one of those other graphs from, from the series. Yeah. $4,500. I oh go, my oh. God. So I go to the guy, he goes, let me ask, what, what would that be worth? You know, well, he goes, if you had the whole series and the bag, and this is back in 82, I'd say it'd be worth, I don't know, $340,000, dollars Oh. <laughs> I go to my mom, I said, Mom, minutes, six hundred dollars the It wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Thankfully and, she was still alive so you could berate oh, her. I told yeah. you, remember that six hundred dollars you wouldn't let me? <laughs> so anyway, now who knows what it's worth. It might be worth more or less, but still but so I, think I guess I have there is a, that collector mentality. I just never had it. I think I it. have a collector mentality, but it's at, at a at a like a microscopic scale. I mean, I love picking up a, a tiki mug for four dollars <laughs> that somebody is selling on eBay for thirty. You know, I mean, that's what I like. You know. Yeah, I want to. I don't think I'm going to be one of those guys who goes to a flea market and buys like a nine dollar painting and then scratches it off underneath his <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, a copy so anyway, of the Bill so, of Rights. Enough of my nonsense. What do you have to talk about, Nicole? Who's still with us? Well, I mean, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm just listening to you guys ramble again. My my job is to bring the artists. Well, we've covered the bullshit. Here's the bullshit section. Okay, we've covered the bullshit. I guess I guess we'll move on to the industry insight because there's been a a couple things happening this week. One starting with Cindy Lauper sold her catalog. So another artist, I guess, bites the dust or reaps the rewards of their hard work. So. Yeah, but to me, like I don't think of Cindy Lauper as someone with a catalog. 
She even write half those songs. You know, oh, I think she did. She wrote. No, the, the girls guy just from the, have that band wrote. You know, True Colors and what was that band? The there was some band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania that used to that oh. wrote all those tunes. I don't know. I'm trying to think. What was the band she used to be in? Uh, Flyer. I used to play with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, back yeah. in Long Island, I, yeah. I, 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 we did sets at uh, at the uh, OBI East. I do think that very she, interesting. I, I do think that she. Uh, at least, co-wrote, at least co-wrote some of those big hits. Well, she did co-write some of them, but I don't yeah. think she had enough to sell a catalog. Yeah, but, well. but then I guess... If just catalog the and master recordings, not just the catalog. I can see the master now, recordings. Well, yeah, but so, so she probably doesn't own that stuff that was on CBS, right? Yeah, but the, so but the, yeah, the label would have to... She recorded I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. This speculation on... This speculation on these catalogs that's gone on the last five years, I mean... I don't know. It's it it's totally dependent upon the survival of the performing rights organizations and you know the kind of the the industry at large because you know if if it keeps generating income then it's a good investment. It's funny but, about that same thing. How um, Billy Joel because of his new song was on Howard Stern the other day talking about that and Howard Stern asked him that he says. Would everyone selling their catalogs? Would you consider selling your catalogs? He goes, and he goes. Well, not really. They're kind of like my kids. I don't know. But he goes. Well, it, well he goes. Is there a price? Well, we could start at a billion. He said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. someone like him, like to me, Paul McCartney could probably go for three billion. I go yeah. three billion, right? Yeah. The way, right? If yeah, Springsteen well, can go for six hundred million, I think McCartney can easily get two billion. I think I've, I've, I think I've said it before. I mean, there's an annuity value to these. To these copyrights, but uh, I remember, you know, many, many years ago looking at the performing rights aspect of the Beatles catalogs, and it was not shocking. I mean, it was actually shocking in so much as it wasn't delivering as big a punch as you might think. I mean, today they're kind of like it was in the tens of millions of dollars. They're kind of like NFTs. (laughs) Yeah, it, it would take you a long time to make back your. You know, three billion dollar oh, investment. You know, so. who, like, who's going to sell their catalog? Like, who's who's offering their catalog? Like, uh, the knack, <laughs> <laughs> right? The knack, you know, my Sharona catalog. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to call it cherry picking, or we we would say, what songs? Tom Petty's got a catalog. Tom uh, Petty. It, that's a, that's an amazing catalog, actually. And you know, we would actually say, you know, who's got marquee value? If you acquired the copyright or at least the rights to uh i'd say 50 songs that are in popular culture you could make a pretty penny for yourself over the course of how much money is enough money Uh, exactly just go take your money don go live you're rich beyond compare you you're 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 so accomplished in your field now go have a good rest of your life what are you wasting your time in court now over some scribblings on a piece of paper who cares hey hey man uh i'm with you anyway you want to play some more music from this guy well i had more things to talk about Oh, okay. we're still talking? Okay. Yeah. Wait, well, no, because there's been a lot going on in the music industry this week. Besides no, there Cindy Lauper. There, yes, there, there, <laughs> there is no music industry, but go ahead. Uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up is UMG has been in the news probably the last few days. Not for necessarily the best stuff. One, the first thing that they were in the news for is they have confirmed that they are going to be reducing their headcount and they'll be doing layoffs this quarter to help make their profit better. 
I guess there's a whole restructuring and redesign going on. So that's not necessarily the greatest for people to hear, especially because it's probably within the hundreds, if not thousands, that are going to be laid off. And on top of that, their feud or lack of contract with TikTok is about to get even I guess it's going to fuel more fire because not just Universal Music Group, but Universal Publishing Group, I believe, is also not re-signing because the deadline is tomorrow, March which 1st. Means, which means all the underlying copyrights yep, and doesn't have anything to do with the artists, People right? who could be signed right. with Sony who have singles yeah. coming out. I think right. they said it's going to be like 7 million songs are going to be off that platform as of tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. kind of get anarchy, you know? <laughs> I, 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 can see, I can see why, like... Regular people hearing all this mm. nonsense would say, like, like, blow up the machine. I get it. I don't want to hurt anyone. No one should be hurt, no personally. But we should blow up stuff. I wish, I wish someone would invent a, a, a bug that you just sent into the internet and blows up the internet, melts it, like, shh, <laughs> as one dead melted nothing. I'd love it. I would love it. Like, I, I, I had my eyes checked today, right? Mm. Everything was a machine. You know, I go, I said to the guy, what'd you do before those machines? Do you do anything? He's like pushing buttons and, you know, and everything's computerized. And like, you know, what are you doing? You just just got to work the machine. I'll do it at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, pr- like, press a button. Pretty much. It's like stupid. I don't know, man. Technology. So what else? Any more, in, any more industry news, Nicole? Those are the two things I wanted to bring to the table this week. So. Yeah, you just try to piss us off. I do. Nicole. I love to try and dig through the news and be like, what's going to piss off Carl and Greg the most? So ladies and gentlemen, this is a move about the music industry. Yep. There's our insight. Our insight is we're calling for anarchy. Yes. <laughs> All right, everyone, we have another single by Microplanet called Underneath. And before that, you can hear from our sponsor this week, which is us, the 9420 Podcast. Yay! This episode is sponsored by the 9420 Podcast. That's right, we are sponsoring ourselves this week and encouraging you all to listen to the over 100 episodes we currently have in our rotation. Each episode features a new independent music artist who's looking to make it in this industry. For more information, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y.
think that's an old James Taylor tune, right? <laughs> I like it. I think it's cool. Um, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what they had to say. Did they actually uh, do our interview? They, they did. They, they answered a couple of questions. Yeah, they Excellent. answered our questions of the week. So the first question we asked them is to tell us a little bit about themselves. Hey, this is Microplanet. My name is Nathan Wilson. I'm a solo singer-songwriter currently on tour with my band. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised, but have been working out of San Diego for the last four years playing shows and promoting my music. I started playing music when I was very young, first with piano and then eventually guitar. I got really into punk music and then eventually found other types of rock, like grunge and shoegaze. Finding hip-hop and electronica had a big impact on my musical tastes and also influenced my guitar style by using effects to incorporate sound design and rock music. My time in college, I studied audio engineering, and that further helped me develop my style. I released my debut in July 2023 called Submerge, and it's available on all streaming platforms. I'm also out on tour on a few dates across the Midwest and East Coast. You can find out more at microplanetmusic.com. <laughs> he's doing all the right yeah, things. He, he's marketing. Yeah, that sounds good. So, how is that? so he's a solo singer-songwriter on tour with his band? Yeah, so, yeah, so maybe so his micro, band is Micro Planet his, yeah. is his band, okay. and he is a solo singer. It kind of had that vibe. But it, it's, was there a it's, bass player? It sounded like it was just a guitar and a drum. I don't even know. It's, diff- it's difficult to hear through. You know, these, what I loved uh, about it too. I love. And, and I don't. I don't mean I anything mm-hmm. insulting about this. I hope it isn't taken the wrong way. But I love that. And some of the things he was just—they were just going for it. Like the singing, the harmonies, and they really didn't cut it, but they were going for it, and it's almost, it was there. Yeah, Even that's... Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, the abandoned. Right, the abandoned. Yeah, just and, like, and, I'm going to take a harmony here, and, like, and yeah, like, I heard yeah, they were going for it. And they weren't fully cutting uh, it, but it was so authentic that I liked it, you know that's I mean? always That's always a punk sensibility in, inside, you know, these grungy things. And just it's like, do it. It's it, yeah, it's it's the real deal. It's uh, yeah. Like, I, I hate to say it. It I'm sounds the, indie to me. I am the anti grunge. <laughs> you know, I am so. I'm a little too tuned. I like to be tuned. I like to be. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm like. I'm authentic in my in my neatness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I was. Know. I just recently. Are you are you familiar with the term baroque pop? So baroque pop, no baroque pop. So it's it's kind of a genre unto itself, and it it comes. Most of the bands come out of the UK. It's kind of the kinder, gentler, more easy listening pop sensibility of British invasion stuff. And I discovered through listening to a few playlists on Spotify, I discovered that I like it because there's melody, because there's a ton of strings. Of uh, uh, Right. You know, I mean, I, I just like it because See, it's easy like, to listen to. I'm more know? like OCD folk. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Baroque pop. Yeah, I'm OCD a, uh, yeah, country. Yeah, I'm anyway. a Elizabethan, you know, uh, oh, ringgate. So we, we, yeah. we keep asking these people things. We have something else? <laughs> we do. We ask them, what music artists have inspired your career so far? Okay. Probably no Baroque pop in there. I mostly take direct inspiration from 90s alternative rock bands, such as Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead, Duster, and My Bloody Valentine. I was always mesmerized by the walls of sound these artists were able to achieve, and I'm constantly on the hunt to creating my own. I've also been heavily inspired by solo artists who record and produce their own music at home, like Sparkle Horse and Elliot Smith. 
There's a level of intimacy that comes with creating like that. And I always admire the range of high and low fidelity production methods. I tell you, I, I love Elliot Smith, man. Yep. I loved, you know, that, that Good Will Hunting. You were on that from the beginning, man. Yeah, I he, loved it. Yeah. And you know, it was great. I remember that. It was so great about him, too. He is such an L.A. underground, you know, I, I don't know how they, like, I guess Ben Affleck and or Gus Van Sant or Matt Damon, someone must have dug him and put him all over that soundtrack for Good Will Hunting. Because right. he was just some unknown guy, right? Yep. So, but he was up for an Oscar that year. I remember that year, it was Celine Dion for the Titanic movie. It was Madonna for something, some other like you know big artist, and then him. And this yep. time they, and at the end, for some reason this this season or this 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 time this Oscars, they had all four go up together. So you see Madonna, Celine Dion, <laughs> and, else, and then this guy, his like, little singer songwriter. Right, like you know, and he, and he, could, he looked, you could tell he was so out of place with Madonna and Celine Dion. It was just amazing watching them up there, like. Yeah. You know, but he unfortunately, had, uh, unfortunately, it's part of his zeitgeist, right? Because he felt out of place in the world. Yeah, between you know, the bars, that, man, is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I, yeah. I just love the way it's that low. Oh, it's just acoustic. It's just. I remember when that was happening. You were like, "Man, have you heard this?" Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I was living in Boston too at the time. I remember, it's yeah, like I, yeah. I felt it. I felt that. Anyway, yeah, this guy's cool. You know, like. Um, it's amazing how this people still doing this stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right, and, and you know, and, and they're going to continue to do it. I, mean, I recently read something: nine thousand releases a oh, day. Stop with your numbers. Who yeah. cares? Nine thousand, especially because earlier in the episode, you both were calling for anarchy. So. I'm, I'm going to start. You know what? I'm going to start making up numbers. I read. You know what I read? You know, I'm just a lion. These are like our facts. I heard there are 75 million new artists a day up on Spotify. <laughs> well, you know? it, it, it used to be 9,000 releases no, a year. It's now it's 9,000 a day. There's 45 million new artists yep. a day. I heard yep. that every yep. day they sell about <laughs> 10,000 acoustic guitars every day in Nashville. Average bank balance sixty one dollars. Oh yeah, I saw this. I saw this funny meme, man, of this guy walking his backyard. He goes, "Hi, I'm a musician. I spend, you know, I travel two hundred miles, you know, to play a gig for twenty minutes and don't even make enough to pay for my gas. Hi, I'm a musician. I spend two years, you know, and thousands of dollars, you know, creating an album that only eleven people are going to hear. Exactly. It just keeps going on and on and on. Gotta love TikTok for that. But it's that's true. The latest, like, no, know. I know, but that's like the latest trend that's going around. And they and like they buy new guitars. Like me, I'm not even playing anymore. I have three new guitars. I just, <laughs> I just, I'm a sucker. I just love it. You know, like, well, that looks good. I still love. I still like looking through guitar catalogs or online. It, you know, like, oh, that's a deal. Let me get that. <laughs> you know, God, man, what's wrong with us? You know, I got that text last night, and then uh, a couple of days ago, I got an email, and it was the, there was nothing in the you know in the text of the email. It was just a picture that somebody had emailed me, and it was a person holding an album cover. You know, they just shot a picture of it. This is you know to say, just checking in. This is what I'm listening to currently. You know, I just I love that mentality that we are all can uh, we all can just be immersed in all of this and uh you know as old as i get uh i'm i'm still turned on by it right yeah it's, that is true i have to admit i still there's nothing like a great song right I, I still love like i hear a new song like oh wow 
in the end. To me, I, you know, all kidding aside, I think music is the best thing in the yeah, world. Man, it's, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's everything. It's universal. It's right. healing. It's uh, it, it's energizing. Yeah, it's it's pretty extraordinary. It's pretty the best extraordinary. thing. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's magical, actually. It is. It is. Listen indeed. to me. All right. So well, now we'll end our bullshit we'll, we'll, segment. We'll end the bullshit segment and we'll go to more songs for people because that's really <laughs> the what they want out of us. Right? Yeah. We like Nathan and Microplanet, so um, yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. Wish them all Keep the best. Rocking. Keep rocking. Keep rocking. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure you listen all the way through because we have one more song from Microplanet called Auto Drift. For everything we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Could this be?